this is part two of a three-part series looking at the sentencing foundation that just launched their website on December 1 and we were present for the event and interviewed several individuals. We picked up, we will pick up from where we left off yesterday, speaking with attorney, Be Humble Esquire. Welcome back to the Neoliberal Round podcast. And we have an amazing and stately gentleman who is here okay. <laughs> at the launch of the Sentencing Foundation website. Okay. Welcome to the show, sir. Well, why, thank you very much. And, um, and what is your involvement? Well, I'm a uh, criminal defense attorney. Oh, finally, we haven't spoken with any attorneys. In the city of Philadelphia. Yeah. And uh, I came across Judge Sawyer when she was a... Uh, a new judge yes. and at first I wasn't sure of what the direction was that she was taking but over time I started to realize that this was potentially one of the first judges who wanted to institute change yes. through policy and understood the uh, potency of judicial power and use of discretion in a way that she is trying to formulate a new system that could change the paradigm yes. of crime and punishment. And crime and punishment has often been used as uh, an excuse to just punish people for mistakes they made in their life, whether or not it's their first one, second one, or third one, without an understanding of their certain socioeconomic yes. circumstances that promote the continued behavior. Judge Sawyer is the first judge, first political figure, yes. first person with power that decided to use her power with integrity yes. and not deny the truth of the truth behind the reason she ran for the, uh, to be a judge in the first place. And I think that is absolutely incredible. And that's why I'm here. I'm here to support a new understanding of how to rehabilitate individuals. Without the word rehabilitation really being used, people just need opportunity. Yes. And need someone who cares. And that's what this is about, providing opportunities. And that's what this is about. And this will change America, potentially, if everybody understands this. Yes. If we change this paradigm, we can actually really make America what everybody believes it is. Yes. Well, what we can change what the myth about America is into reality. Yes. That's it. Wow. And what's your name, sir? Um, Brian Humble. Brian? Humble. Brian Humble. And if, and, and if people want to get a hold of you, where, where do they go to? I would uh, hand you a card. Oh, yes, sir. And provide that information there. Be humble. And guys, be humble law. And here is a guy that's supporting this kind of initiative. So, you know, you guys got to get a hold of him if, you, if ever you need an attorney. 
uh, B Humble Law, Brian F Humble Esquire, one three one three Ray Street, and it is Bumble Law. Be humble. Oh, be humble. Oh, yeah. I always say bumble, but B H U M B. Bumble. We don't want bumble. <laughs> the Jamaican word. You might. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yes. Over there, where'd she oh go? yeah, we saw um, and we spoke with her earlier. An amazing, yeah. you have an amazing, an amazing woman behind this amazing man. <laughs> she makes me who I am. And he's a Jamaican, yes, and he's married to a beautiful Jamaican woman. Be humble, law at gmail.com. His office, 215 600 1218. And he's located at 1313 Ray Street in Philadelphia. Thank you so much. Ah, thank you, sir. <laughs> Keep it. I see you. This is the Neoliberal podcast series looking at the Sentencing Foundation and their launch, which they recently had, but the launch of their foundation. And we had part one of the series yesterday. This is part two. In fact, we had a bonus, which, which, was, which is in video. And then we have part one, which is, which, is in, which is in audio with added comments and so on and so forth, um, where we featured Suavo Gonzalez, the executive director and the director of operations and provided some commentary. Today is part two and we started out by showcasing or uh, we, we earlier we carried the interview or the comments from Be Humble Esquire, which was quite powerful. And we will continue to hear the conversations and the interviews we had with several others. This particular episode, we have about nine other persons who participated, uh, who, who we interviewed and we got comments from and it was quite revealing because there are several young people, several young people, 22 years old, 18 years old, 19 years old, who work at the foundation providing internship. And so we spoke with some of those individuals. We spoke, we went back to the, we went back and spoke with the executive director about this particular program, the, in, the internship component. Because not when we think about resources, we're not just thinking about funding. We're, talk, we're thinking about your time. What can you do as an attorney? or as a student or as a professional to provide support in this, to this particular program. So we interviewed some of those individuals. We interviewed also other, other persons who work at the Sentencing Foundation. And so coming up, coming up next is the conversations we had with those individuals. And towards the end, I provide a final commentary. This is the Neoliberal Podcast. 
Welcome back to the New Liberal Round Podcast. I have an amazing woman, a lady. What's your name? Christina. Christina. And tell me, yes, let me, let's sit and talk. And uh, this is an audio podcast. We do video sometimes, but this one is going to be audio. But um, welcome to the New Liberal Round Podcast. Thank you. And um, you were telling me a little bit about what you do and how it is that you and your participation or involvement here in, at, the, at this launch. Well, actually, I work with um, people that are coming home from the system and they need to be placed into training or employment opportunities that are going to benefit them. I've been impacted as well, and I have someone who's incarcerated serving a life sentence. Okay, okay. So, and, uh, and how has all of this, how is all of that putting things into perspective for you in terms of... Well, I, I think for me, I would have to kind of tell you a little bit about my story yeah, please, so that you me. can have a better understanding. So what I do is I, I basically advocate for second chances. I've been Im- impacted um, at How the so? age of seven. Um, my stepfather, he was murdered. Yes. Two people were convicted during that time. Um, yes. One was over the age of 18. Oh, wow. There was so another sorry. individual that was under the age of 17. Mm-hmm. I mean, under the age of 18, he was 17 at the time. Yes. And then a few months later, my father and um, my uncle, they were killed in a double homicide. So... How are you able... You are an amazing woman. You strong. How are, how are you able to overcome? And people want to hear that story. How are you able to move on from so much tragedy and death? I think for me personally, it's from the, the environment that I live in. A lot of times we're just surviving. So, you know, I'm just like one of those people that keeps on moving because I'm impacted by it. I see it. I see the cycles. I see the generational cycles. I see the violence. Yes, yes. And I'm from an urban community. So it's hard to not look at like the things that are taking place that are just affecting the environment of that community and not say, okay, you know, this is causing a lot of the issues, especially when it comes to the violence, people getting incarcerated the lack of education, the lack of stability, the lack of education. Yes, yes. You know, all of that plays a part in those communities, even with the mental health and the drugs. That is true. And I write a lot about that. In fact, I'm writing a second book. And I talk about what's happening in Kensington. I talk about the opioid crisis. I talk about poverty, income inequality, and how that plays a role in the high crime and violence in society and, and uncertainty and so on but you are doing something about it and you, and the fact that you are here is testimony of what of what can be done and how people are coming together tell me a little bit about what you're how what. well what i'm doing is i'm talking about uh, mass incarceration i'm talking about being impacted but also the fact uh, that i um i gave empathy to someone that was also coming home yeah because they were coming home during the youth resentencing bill yes. And I have someone that I'm fighting for that's also incarcerated, serving life. And I had a family member that was serving life. So although, you know, we kind of want to stay in a mindset of, like, not forgiving people, we also have to realize that, you know, the majority of people that are incarcerated and and prison are, the percentage is blacks and Hispanics. Yes, yes, yes. You know? Uh And it, and it also lets me know there's a problem taking place in these communities. Yes, yes, yes. And um, tell me, what is your biggest takeaway from all of this? What have you learned? How have you grown as an individual? I think for me it's having empathy. Um, okay. I remember going back to court because we had to give impact statements on like this young yes, man coming yes. home. He was like 
17 when he went to prison. Yeah. He spent 28 years in prison. And then now he was coming home as a man. Right. You know, and I had to think about the fact that I'm also a mother. I've seen people that are young men being raised in the community where there's no fathers, there's single parent households, and how easily, because of the culture, you can be manipulated to go into these you know bad situations because that's all you see in your environment it becomes a cycle and um you know they're trying to survive too they're trying to make money to take care of their families but at the same time i had to realize he wasn't a kid anymore he was a man and if he didn't have a role model or he didn't have stability in his household or direction to say okay maybe you need to do this or you need to do that or have that support um, you know, I, I couldn't really understand like why his why he would think that what he was doing was bad because he was trying to live. So I think for me, you know, also having someone that's incarcerated serving a life sentence. Yes. You know, I know what it feels like being on the end of that and wanting your loved one to come home. You know, and I feel like when we put people in prison, it's like we disconnect the community. instead of linking them back together and another thing that I want to address is like the OVA the Office of Victims Advocacy too doesn't really work hard enough to kind of like help to help people with their their grief so a lot of times you know people are are being reconsidered for maybe parole or coming home and opposed to like getting those families prepared or having some type of resources available or even just kind of a, an assessment or just information about that person who's been in prison who has been trying to work on themselves when they've been oppressed and they're not really providing enough uh, assistance or rehabilitation for them while they're in there. I think it would be good to have that information for those families, but also, you know, just to kind of like see that this person has kind of progressed and they're not the same 17-year-old, 16-year-old that went to prison and has been there now as a man. Yes, yes. Thank you so much. And um, has there been any pushback? Because, you know, you talk about... I'm quite, there are those people who do not believe that people change. There are people who might believe that once you commit a crime, you just need to be locked up and throw away the key. There, there should be no second chances. Yeah, I think that um, for me, it depends on the situation, it depends on the person, yeah. you know, and not everybody's going to forgive. Right. A lot of people are not going to have empathy for someone else because yes. you got to think about the fact that they're still grieving. And when you have somebody that is no longer in your life, you know, that's, that's yeah. a lot of things that you're missing out on as well. Right. So I think that it, it really depends on the, the person. I have a question. And I don't, it might sound I'm being a devil's advocate, but I'm not. But because I'm, people might have this question. People might say, as it relates to the Sentencing Foundation, what we're trying, second chance. And I worked in, I worked in a re-entry program with It Takes a Village before doing re-entry. I was the director for the re-entry program with It Takes a Village. But people might say, what about the victims? You know, this particular program does not take into consideration or it's, it's, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's an affront to people who are victims of crimes and, and, and violence and people who are victims, they need help and so on and so forth. Still, and they're not getting the kind of help from society. 
but we are throwing our help towards people who have offended. What do you have to say to people like that who might have comments like that? I think that sometimes it depends on the victims that they're representing. Okay. They're not representing victims that can relate on both ends of the spectrum either. Yes, because yes, a yes. lot of times, even with me, I'm a part of different groups, right? So you hear like mothers, they may have lost their kid to someone yeah. that they knew in that community. And then at the same time, they're also saying like, damn, you know, yes. I... I kind of like, I had a kid that may have committed a crime and I want him to come home and everything. So, or they had someone incarcerated. I mean, it depends on the victim. It depends on like what yeah. they're seeing in their community, how they've been yes. affected. Do they have someone incarcerated? Have yes. they ever experienced those things? Because I think that when you see it full circle, you uh -huh. realize things from a different perspective. But, you know, I can't speak on everyone else. Yes. But we also got to consider, like, who do we blame? Do we blame society? Do we blame the ah. people that are in legislation? Oh, wow. Like, you're, you're taking it deeper. You're looking at, you know, you're looking at philosophical and socioeconomic issues that cause people to do. But this is quite interesting. But one of the most important things, another important thing you've said, is a matter of perspective, putting ourselves in, in people, in, in other people's shoes. And people have a tendency to look at what is immediately in front of them. And so they can't, until they are faced with a situation, another situation. Definitely. So you want people to go beyond their comfort zone, go beyond, look at things on all sides, and then they'll be able to appreciate what you are doing here. I also think that they should also consider, like, where were these individuals at yes. prior to getting to prison? Ah, nice, nice, nice. I think that's really important. Yes. To kind of look at the backstories because right. nobody really talks about that. Yes. We just kind of look at what are they convicted for, and it's like a bias automatically because you're looking at a foul. Okay. You're not looking at the, the person and, and keeping them centered. Like, what happened that got them to that point? This is deep. This is amazing. I'm here talking with, uh, remind me of your name, Justina? No, Christina. 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 And if people want to get a hold of you, because you are doing a very important job here in Philadelphia. You are helping to give, to provide resources and information as it relates to really, so how people can get a second chance. Definitely. How can people reach out to you? They can email me. <laughs> <laughs> and what's your email? Um, they can email me at chrisangel82 at yahoo.com. Chrisangel with a C. C-H-R-I-S-A-N-G-E-L 82 at, at yahoo.com. Yahoo Reach out to her. Amazing woman. Thank you. A lot of powerful story with who is very optimistic and positive. Thank you so Thank much. You. Take care. You too. This is the Nearly Go Around Podcast. We'll be right back after these messages. It's an audio podcast. I am Renaud. Welcome back to the Nilibar Run podcast. And we are here with Ariel. Ariel Anderson. And tell me, what's your involvement in this um, launch? Um, I am the secretary for the Honorable Judge Stephanie Sawyer. So I'm her secretary, so I'm doing a lot of the behind-the-scenes work. Yes, but what was, it, what was it like putting all this together? 
Um, it was a lot. Uh, it was definitely overwhelming, but the purpose is deeper than the overwhelming. So it was, yes, it, was yeah. it was great. Um, it was definitely a lot, but it was definitely worth it. I see that they're using. You're a young lady, and a lot of young people yes. are involved. This is really great, man. Yes, yes. This I'm, is really good. Yes, I'm only um 22. Yeah. <laughs> I just graduated from Kutztown University in okay. May. Congrats. Um, major in political science with a minor in criminal justice. Um, I'm currently studying for the LSATs, and I plan on attending law school in um August. Yes. So yes, that's where we are right now. We have a bunch of interns. We're always looking for interns, no matter the age, high schoolers, middle yes. schoolers, okay. college students, law students. We're always looking for interns. Yes. More hands on deck, the better. Yes. Okay. Yes. Great. And yes. um, what is it that you want to do when you're finished? Oh, uh, okay. So I know you're I already to, working, yes. but you're interning yes. right now. No, I'm not an attorney. So that I'm going to law school in August. So my um career aspiration is to be a criminal defense attorney. Oh, yes. Thanks. What if you could change anything in Philadelphia? What would it be? If I could change anything in Philadelphia, I would change the school system. Ah, why? Why would you say why the school? Uh, I say the schools because that's where it starts. It starts with the, the young mind, you know. So kids are like sponges. So we could catch the the children early. Wow. Yeah. This woman, this young lady, is an amazing. I tell you. Oh, the young people have an idea as to what needs to happen in yes. order to bring about change. Yes. And you're doing the work already yes. by being here and getting people together and yes. helping to organize the event. That is really good. Yes. I want to thank, thank you, you so much. So much. I yes. Thank you. And I wish you all the Yes. You are welcome and thank you. And that was Ariel Henderson. Yes. And please contribute to the program here. Yes, contribute to the program. The Foundation.org. Uh, press that button and donate if you want to move the needle on mass incarceration. Thank you so no much. with chakra there's one more thing i was looking through the binder i didn't get a chance i noticed you guys have an in the, you also have internship program we absolutely do tell me tell me the programs you have with the set i thought it, you guys were just raising funds to give research but you have internship absolutely not we tell have 12 interns right now working for okay, us okay and i interviewed two of them yes. just now so obviously you know with it being a non-profit yes. you know we are trying to get all hands on deck yes so we have individuals who love to actually you know donate their time and volunteer yes. their time and most of them are pre-law students so that's the oh, good wow. thing about it right yes, yes. most of them are in college and they're pro they're pre-med some of them are working at the courts already yes. and they're interning through the courts so a lot of them have donated their time so that's what we're doing so we're working with any volunteer any person who wants oh, to intern wow that is nice what what and i know you have a pro, you have a binder which is a program overview and what are the outside of any other service that we should know about so that whole binder yes. is oh okay she all right Yes. So, so, so the reason, hold on, can you pause that real quick? Yes. Judge. So the binders that we put together, those are the binders that we're giving to judges who are participating in this program. Yes, so you also have judges. That's the whole point. We want, we want as many judges to participate in this program. Because think about it, it Savannah has, I mean, Philadelphia has 212 judges. Yes. Just Philadelphia itself. I'm talking criminal, family court, yes. civil, all of it. So if you've got one judge that is participating in this and you got 211 that are not, 
yes, we're yes, we're making you know a dent, but we want it we want it greater. So we're getting judges to participate, which is why we have several judges here tonight. Yes, you have quite a few judges, and um, what's the buying so far? Has, has so there the been binder, any pushback? Yeah, no, the binder already has partners in there that has already agreed to work with with our foundation. So judges so, are on board. Yes. What about the police districts and other? That's what we're working on. Okay. And my whole our whole vision is to have this a national a national program. We're trying to get all as many judges across the United States to participate yes, in this. Yes. Yes. Not just the ones in Philadelphia. Okay. Okay. So that is what the binder. That's what the binder. Is. Nice guys. This is a serious program. Yes. That's geared towards helping people in society. This is major. We will continue to follow the program and the success of it because we believe it's necessary and we are going to throw our support behind this program. We will continue to promote this program and get you guys to contribute to the Sentencing Foundation and what they're doing here in Philadelphia and what they hope to do in the world. This is Ronaldo McKenzie. We are going to be signing off the Nearly Boy Round podcast. What good. Ronaldo McKenzie with Jeff Brandt, who is also right here at the launch of the Centrican Foundation. Welcome to the show. Thank the Daily Around podcast is ranked four globally in yes. terms of news commentary. Okay. And, um, and I see, Jeff, what brings you to this um, event? Well, certainly um, friendship, but I also lead three graduate programs in public and population health. So this is, if we think about community health, yes. this is really critical. And then, um, you know, uh, you know, Judge Soria and I have an opportunity to talk yes. about possibilities, collaboration, and then also having an opportunity to talk about my students that want to have a, make a difference in here, how uh, they can come in, intern, whatever oh, it would be. Oh, right, yes, yeah, yes. Whatever okay, it would be. so this is great. But this is important. This yes, is yes. really, really important when you think about the community. Uh, and, um, and, and in terms of the students that you, it's a graduate school. What's the name of the school? So the school is uh, Philadelphia College of Osteopathic Medicine. Okay, and I know I that school. And graduate programs in organization development leadership. And, and most of the leaders are public health. And <laughs> yes, yes. Are they, what is, what, how interested or involved in terms of students and gra graduate programs, having programs like this, in terms of that reduces recidivism and how involved in terms of careers? Are, are students going in, in fields like this? Yeah, um, especially those students that want to make a difference. Uh, yes. Um, yes. If we look at the number of programs, um, if we look at the sector, yeah. health and human services, yes. public health, population health, that's the field that's expanding. That is true. Yeah, that is true. It is expanding. It's a great opportunity for people to engage. Right. Um, and then if they want to think about it at multiple levels, okay. how they can make a difference individually, how yes. they can connect with a group, yes. and then how they can connect with right. the community. Because I believe in that whole idea, leading with impact. That's yes. what Judge Sawyer is doing, leading yes. with impact. Thank you so much. And, um, and I hope that, and I wish you all the best as you get involved. And I hope we can get in touch and talk about how more people can get involved in things like this. Yeah, I look forward to it. Yes. So Ronaldo. Welcome back to the Neil Brown Podcast. 
we are live at the Sentencing Foundation website launch. And we are talking with some of the employees. And your name is? Arhalis. Arhalis and Ashley. And Ashley, what do you do with at the Sentencing Foundation? Um, so me and Ashley are a part of uh, Judge Sawyer's um, interns. So we are one of, yeah, we're like her interns. What is it like as young people interning for a judge? For me personally, it's really life-changing. I think it exposed me to a network that I don't have access to because of where I come from, if I'm being honest. Yes, and for you? Um, it's been a privilege to see a judge um, treat people like human beings and just be part of like a change. And you guys are young. Oh, um, you guys are over 21? Yeah, 22. Oh! 21. Oh, okay. I thought you guys were younger than Okay, that's fine. Now tell me, did you guys vote in the last election? Yes. Yes, I did. And what, what is it that concerns you guys the most? And, and you guys are working for a judge. But what is it that concerns you the most? Like young people in Philadelphia working for a judge. What is it? And what are the changes you want to see happen in society? Um, for me personally, like I believe in making a, the world a better place for black and brown people. So I really think that when I think about Philadelphia and its future, I just think of a better, like just a better way of life, you know, yes. a better pay. So we definitely need to up the living wage, emphasis <laughs> on that. Yes, um, yes. Because right now it's $7.25 and the cost of living here is extremely, extremely expensive. We are yes. really struggling. We are really, really struggling. Yes. Um, so I really think that that's important for me. Um, and yeah, just making life easier for people that look like me. What is it you want to become? Um, now I'm thinking, I'm looking into law school, so I think that might be the route oh, for me. Oh, just change your mind. You, Judge Sawyer has made an impression. Has she? She has. She and has. for you, what about you? What is it you want? To, what is it you hope to achieve? Or what is it you, you want to change in society? What is it you want to do? I want to. I also want to be a lawyer. Okay. So, all right. And I just want to make the world a safer place for everybody. I think um, there's a lot of inequality and racism present, and I just want everybody to feel safe and treated like human beings. And okay, based on what you said, you want everybody to feel safe. This program, this launch, this sentencing foundation, do you think this program will help in terms of keeping people and the community safe? Yes, it will. Yes. It will ensure people's safety and people feel like they're... Yeah, they're validated and they're seen. Yes, yes. And for you? Um, for me, yeah, I agree. It's, it's literally life-changing. You're using the community that these people are from to rehabilitate rehabilitate them. So um, I think that that works incredibly. And I think that she has proven many times in her, court work, in her co courtroom that it works and that this is the, the way to go. All right. Yeah. Thank you so much. Well, here we are talking with Archelise yeah. and Ashley. Here at the Neil Liberal Round Podcast, beautiful young ladies. Thank you so much. Thank Take you. care. Hello, Your Honor. I'm good. I'm Ronaldo. I'm the host of the Neil Liberal Round Podcast. But I was also in your courtroom before I retired from case management. <laughs> How was I? A lot of people are scared of me in the courtroom. Yeah, but yeah, but you are thorough. <laughs> you are thorough, man. I, I try to do my job. Yes, sir. And I, I care. Yes, sir. And people don't realize I'm yes, tough, but I care. Yeah, man. Yes, yes, sir. Yes, sir. And um, so what? 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 What do you hope to? Here it is that you have in the launch of a sentencing foundation. Mm -hmm. This is judges doing something. And usually they think that judge only just throw people in jail or something. I mean, what is it? What it is that you you guys hope to achieve? And how? What's your involvement? Here. Listen, my involvement
in here is a little bit different from a lot of the other judges. Yes. You know, when we're, this is more on the criminal side. I'm not on the criminal right, side. Right, that is okay? true. Yes. Uh, that being said, as a judge, I think it's important for the community to yes, understand sir. that you give a damn and that you're yes. paying attention to what's going on across yes. the board. Yes. When one of my colleagues is doing something that helps the community, it's yes, important sir. for me to be here to support her. Yes. Though I don't do that and that doesn't impact what I do, yes. the fact that the judicial community is here because it impacts the community of Philadelphia mm-hmm. and, it, and it, it, it's important for that reason, makes it important. And as a result, I'm here. Yes, and we are here talking with an honorable judge. I have been in this courtroom before while I was the case manager at Bethana, DHS, and the like. So I know you, sir. And I'm remind, can you remind us of your of your name? Oh, Judge Dane Gray. Judge, and this is this is an audio podcast. It will be edited and so on. But thank you so much. And hopefully, we can get to talk to you about um, child, youth, and family services in the city. Anytime. And um, and but just a quick word in terms of what is the, what's going on in terms of case management and 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 and, and what is it that the city hope to achieve? With, with respect to the DHS side? Yes. That's all right. I don't know that's not why we are here, but sometimes this feeds into as, this. As a result of COVID, right now we have a ton of children oh, wow. that are not being serviced the way they need it. Their yes. needs aren't being met. They're, they're, they're in need, in desperate need. Uh, and unfortunately, as a result of COVID, we don't even know who they are anymore. Wow, wow, uh, so right wow. now we need to find out exactly what the status is of the children in Philadelphia and, and begin to provide them and their families the services to help them and to keep those families together. You know, unfortunately people are under the misimpression that DHS has the intent to break up families. Yes. The intent is to keep these families together right, and right. to work with these kids and to make sure these kids don't go to the other side and that these families continue to stay together and these parents do what they need to do. Uh, and sometimes you have to be hard uh, on parents in order to, to effectuate that result. Uh, but you need to understand that when you do and when you help families and when you help children, it doesn't help that family. It doesn't just help that child. It helps the entirety of Philadelphia. It helps our neighborhoods. And the goal is to make our neighborhoods feel safe because this is a community. And until we start acting like a community, we're going to act as individuals. And we can't do that anymore. Yes, Your Honor. And this is the Honorable Judge Dane Gray. Dane Gray. Thank you so much. And guys, we hope to have him on the show soon. We will have him. We'll reach out to you, sir. Whenever you want. Ronaldo McKenzie, the Neoliberal Around podcast. I give him my card. No, I'm going to give you my card. My yes. Oh, because I know you're hard to reach out. I did it for Welcome to another episode of the Neoliberal Round Podcast. I am here at the Sentencing Foundation. I have an awesome gentleman here. We are actually at the food bar having light drinks. How are you, sir? Welcome. I'm Ronaldo. Welcome to the Neoliberal Round Podcast. And we are at the launch of this great... Fa- I don't know. You're, what is your... Why are you here at the Sentencing Foundation today? Uh, at the launch, at this web launch. <laughs> I'm on the board. Oh, okay. And your name, sir? George. George. George, what's that? George Flowers. George Flowers. Welcome. I'm Ronaldo. I'm the host of the Neoliberal Round podcast. Oh, and we have Judge Sawyer coming over. We did interview Judge Sawyer about this event a month ago. So we knew about this. And um, what, what is it that you hope to achieve from this event? 
basically, I think what we want to do is increase awareness of the organization and start to build a, a platform of support. Oh, nice, nice. And um, so far, what what have you guys been doing so far? Because this is the web launch. You guys have done something else before. Well, I mean, Judge Sawyer spent a lot of time developing this approach, and I think that everybody's looking forward to seeing it get more widely adopted and to grow and evolve, uh, you know, as we see how effective it can be. Okay, thank you so much. And um, you talk about effect. Do you think this is going to do a lot in terms of minimizing mass incarceration, reducing recidivism? Oh, I and certainly hope so. Yes. <laughs> how are you, Your Honor? Great. How? Oh, hi. How, it's good to see you again. Oh, yes, and... So, Huh? It's beautiful. It's the next time is going to be in the fall. Okay. It's going to be in that fall. It's going to be in the spring. So 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 Yes. Okay, we're getting ready to start, guys. I'm doing Just to add, uh, we have several polls uh, running regarding this particular issue on the Spotify platform, also on Twitter, if you go to Ronaldo McKenzie, or if you go to our Reddit page, the neoliberal, the neoliberal Reddit page, we have a poll. Um, but this particular episode, we have a poll, the question, we ask the question, do you support the work of the Sentencing Foundation and resource-based sentencing and supervision? And um, you have several options. One option is yes. The second, another option, no. Oh yes and no, as it may make crime, as a, it may make, it may make crime attractive as a way to access resources. Oh sorry, it may make, it may make crime attractive as it provides a way to access resources. So I probably, we need to update that. So these are the options again. One, yes, or second one is no. So let's look at the, the question. Do you support the work of the Sentencing Foundation and resource-based sentencing and supervision? These are the choices. One, yes. The second option, no. Third option, yes and no, as it may make crime attractive as a way to access resources. And f- fifth, I am not sure as I need more information or, or other. And we, we, ha- we are running that now and it ends on the 7th of December at 6 p.m. So please participate in that poll and let us know your response. Thank you for listening to the episode and to this to part two of the series looking at the sentencing foundation and their launch and and their and this awareness about the program the resource-based sentencing and supervision tomorrow we will continue 
and tomorrow we will we'll pick up from where we left off today. But tomorrow we have a very interesting story. Uh, Rashida Blackwell. Rashida Blackwell is also an ex-offender who now has a successful re-entry program. I, I think she has two or three in Philadelphia where she helps ex-convicts who are coming out of the system to re-enter society. So she, we actually have a video recording of that particular, of, of her presentation, and we wrap up the, the show tomorrow. But this is the Nelibo Around podcast, and let me just provide some, some, um, some closing comments for the show today. What actually, what we will do is, we will, clo- we will, be, we, we will table the comments because um, we, I think we have, we have been with you for over 45 minutes. So we will continue with this particular series tomorrow. And the final comments or the commentary that I have that I wanted was to share with you today, we'll take that until tomorrow. And we will, and we will include the, com- the final comments that I will provide for this show into tomorrow. This is the Neoliberal Run Podcast. Please send, um, share the show with your friends. And support us by going to anchor.fm slash the neoliberal slash support, and you can provide the donation. And also, check out our book, Neoliberalism, Globalization, Income Inequality, Poverty, and Resistance, which is available in all platforms worldwide. And I have a second book coming out, Neoliberal Globalization Reconsidered. That book promises to be quite provocative, quite interesting. It also deconstructs history, critiques philosophy. And I can't wait to begin to delve into that book with you guys. And I will be teaching the at, uh, at Jamaica Theological Seminary next year, January, Caribbean Thought, where some of these very concepts that I talk about in neoliberalism book one and book two, I will talk about that and we'll carry the, we will carry excerpts of the lecture um, on the podcast here for you guys. Thank you so much for supporting us over the months that we have been broadcasting. And we are ranking very well and we continue to grow. There's so much more that we can do uh, in terms of providing cleaner shows for you. Uh, we, that's what we want to do. We want to do much more. There's much more we want to do, but, um, but it's a work in progress. And with limited financing, we continue to grow and to develop and to overcome the odds to ensure that we're making popular what was the monopoly as we serve the world today to solve tomorrow's challenges. Visit us at www.thenealliberal.com or ronaldocmckenzie.com. What good.